Welcome everyone to The Enthusiast Life. I am your host, Mark Turcotte. I'm so glad each and every one of you have decided to make me a part of your day. Well, my friends, it is Friday, April 22nd, 2022. And man, we got a good show here today. We got a couple things here to be talking about. I'm going to be talking about the Batman, the new Marvel tabletop RPG, Marvel Multiverse, as well as Demon Souls. That's right. As I alluded to last episode, I did jump in and check out Demon Souls. But before we get to all that here, a little bit of housekeeping here as always. Don't forget you can follow me on Twitter at Mark Turk at M-A-R-K-T-U-R-C. And of course, you can always email the show at theenthuselife at gmail.com. So let's jump into the Batman first. Um, so obviously I didn't go see it in theaters. Uh, just hit HBO Max. So if you do uh, have HBO Max or maybe have been wanting to see the movie and maybe never got a free trial for HBO Max, Maybe now is your time because you can jump in there and check out The Batman right now. I think it was, what, officially uh, 45 days since release, I think, is when they uh, put it on there, um, which is, uh, you know, not a pretty decent time. You know, not not too long, not too short. I think that may be kind of the way that uh, it would be nice if a lot of movies kind of started doing it uh, that way. But, um Okay, so it definitely was a very different Batman movie from what they've released up to this point, obviously. I mean, you go back to the Michael Keaton Batmans, very over the top, was kind of like a blend of more of a darker, gritty Batman mixed with kind of the Adam West Batman, kind of campy stuff kind of in there. Um, and then, of course, you had the Dark Knight films that came out, um, which are kind of the gold standard for not only Batman now, but even for even comic book movies. I mean, a lot of people still kind of hold that up there uh, as one of the best comic book movies uh, of all time, especially the, the Dark Knight, you know, the, the second one. Um, and then that leads us to this. You know, for me, you know, not being a huge uh, DC guy, I've said it before, like Batman to me is the one character that I just love. And, you know, as a kid, it's the, the Batman, the animated series, uh, and of course the Keaton films just really kind of drew me to that character. Um, I was never a big Superman guy. I mean, I, I was, you know, those movies were coming out uh, when I was a kid, but I just never really was a huge Superman fan. It was always Batman was the thing because there was just something about him that was mysterious and dark. And that's the one thing that this movie nails really is that grittiness. Um, you know, Robert Pattinson playing Bruce Wayne, I think from what I could gather, I think it seemed about, this was maybe two years into him being Batman. He was still fairly fresh, um, but very brutal. You know, the, the fight scenes, I mean, he wasn't holding back at all, was definitely not holding any punches um, as he was kind of tossing him around and all that. Um, that was pretty, uh, pretty awesome to see. Um, you know, he still has some of his gadgets, you know, he's got these, these contact lenses that kind of let him, uh, see things. He even lets Catwoman use them at one point, uh, which was pretty interesting to kind of see that. Um, you know, I mean, which by the way, Zoe Kravitz, I think, um, uh, Lenny Kravitz's daughter, um, was Catwoman. She, I mean, she was perfect as a Selena. I mean, it was, it was great. Um, but I really liked how they really doubled down on the detective side of it, the crime, the mystery, um, this version of the Riddler, in early information, we were getting, seeing just pictures of him as the Riddler. Um, many people were like, what the hell is this? But when you watch the movie, it worked. Like, I really was invested in him as that character, as this killer, really trying to kill to 
expose the corruption in Gotham. I mean, this was kind of one of those cases, kind of like what the MCU has been doing a lot lately, where it's like you kind of understand what they're doing. They're you know, they're the this villain is pointing out the corruption that that's happening kind of within the hierarchy of Gotham, but they're doing it in obviously the completely wrong way, right? I mean, you <laughs> you just can't go around murdering people, right? That's not the way to do it. Yeah, you're drawing attention to be to it, but uh, it's not really the right way to do it. Um, but uh, you know, I think in the end, it was enjoyable. Um, it was long. We actually watched it over two nights. Uh, the first night, I fell asleep. I mean, and we the first night we maybe watched a little over an hour, and I was out. Um, and then the second night we, we watched it and we were both falling, my wife and I were both falling asleep again the second night and we actually had to get up, like get a snack, like kind of wake ourselves up. Um, but I don't know how much of that is a testament to the movie being that way, or if it's just us being, you know, (laughs) just being tired. But I think part of it was somewhat the movie because you're just the, the slowness of it. Although I did enjoy it. Like that was the thing. It was like one of those things where it's like, I liked a lot of it and, and the majority of it. Um, but it just, the, the, the lack of dialogue and lack of action was kind of putting me to sleep essentially. And what is up with the theme music that is essentially a rip of the Imperial March? Now the guy who did the music, I looked it up afterwards, his name, I don't have it right here in front of me, but he's the same guy that did some of the music for Rogue One, which is very different Star Wars music. If you go back and listen to that soundtrack, but Every time you saw the Batman, and not even every time, just throughout the movie, it was just like, bum, 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 which made me think of, bum, 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 bum. Like, it just was like, okay, we're doing the Imperial March throughout this whole movie, and yes, it set the stage, and yes, it set the tone, but it was just a little bit too much because for literally two days straight, I finally, and now that I just said it, I'm probably going to have this thing in my head all the whole time, um, but... Um, I had it in my head for like not. I mean, we watched both nights. We watched it and tried to go to bed. I couldn't go to bed for like an hour because the whole night it was just bum 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 bum, like just going through my head nonstop. Um, but it added to that just like badassery factor. I mean, if I mean, that's not even a word, but you know what I'm saying. Like it just made it seem like the Batman was a character that you should be scared of. I mean, in this world of the Batman, they show. Um, when the bat signal's up in the sky, like it's meant to show fear and put fear into the villains of Gotham, whether or not the Batman's gonna get them, it's just like, yo, the Batman's looking and he's watching, he could be watching. Like, don't commit your crime. Like that was the point of it. And so that was, uh, that was cool. Like I, I thought that was kind of neat, just kind of adding that. And Colin Farrell as the Penguin was fantastic. I mean, he actually reminded me of like De Niro, Robert De Niro a couple times, like playing just a gangster. Um, and I think we have confirmation that he is going, there's going to be a Penguin show on HBO Max. Definitely excited for that after watching Colin Farrell in his role as Penguin in this because, I mean, you couldn't, if you didn't know that was Colin Farrell, you'd have no clue at all. Like he was awesome. And I think a series based around him and his rise to becoming the Penguin. I mean, he kind of is there right now. He's a club owner in here, and he's he's involved with crime, but he's not on the level when you think of the Penguin as, like, the ultimate villain for Batman. That's what we need. We need a show that builds him as that, even a couple seasons of that, then give us another Batman movie with him as the ultimate villain. I think would be awesome. So, overall, my impressions, the Batman, very cool, very different, um, but I definitely liked it, and I definitely recommend you check it out. And like I said, it's on HBO Max. Go watch it if you can. All right, well, shifting gears here a little bit, let's talk about Demon Souls. Like I said, you know, playing a bunch of Elden Ring and kind of just being, I, I don't want to say introduced 
to that style of game, but um, just being so so enamored by Elden Ring, um, you know, I had to check out Demon's Souls. It is, you know, was one of the flagships for the PlayStation 5. Graphically, I mean, the game just looks incredible, but now being a little bit more open to that style of play, you know, where you're trying to gather the souls, you're losing the souls, kind of that difficulty. Um, I've been having a lot of fun playing Demon's Souls, and I think, again, part of that would be had I not played Elden Ring and, and really kind of fell into that gameplay loop, don't think I would have enjoyed Demon's Souls as much as I do now. Um, it, it is a graphical showpiece on the PlayStation 5. I mean, I, that was one of the things I saw a lot of people saying um, about it when it originally launched. I mean, even to the point when even Ratchet and Clank came out or Returnal, people were still like, yo, like Demon's Souls is still kind of the best looking game on the system. And, you know, part of that, of course, is the worlds necessarily aren't so big. I mean, a lot of it is kind of that dynamic lighting that's in there. Um, but I also even just like the structure of the game where you're kind of at the little hub world. I mean, I think even like Dark Souls um, kind of did the same thing or even Bloodborne where you kind of have that little hub world. You're going off to the different places, um, you know, trudging your way through slowly as, as best you can, um, learning where all the enemy placements are and kind of how to fight a lot of the enemies and then... Um, you know, taking them out and then fighting a big boss at the end. Uh, I've lucked out so far and took out the Tower Knight and the Armor Spider, I think his name was. I kind of got to 3-1, um, which is kind of funny how they name them all. It's like 3-1, 3-2, 3-3. 3-1 I've kind of been... It's weird. I got <laughs> I got pretty far in my first go, died, and then now I just... I'm, I've had a couple moments of rage quitting, which... Didn't happen so much in Elden Ring. I mean, you know, in Elden Ring, you were able to go somewhere else. Um, where in Demon's Souls, sure, I can go to 4-1 or 2-2 or, or, or some of these other places. But um, I'm like dead set. I'm like, nope, I'm doing 3-1. That's what I want to do. And had a couple moments of rage quitting in there. Um, but so far, still having a lot of fun with it. It's, um, like I said, it's a graphical showpiece on the PlayStation 5. It looks awesome. The one thing it nails, kind of like Elden Ring did, and I think I talked about it here on the show, is how just dungeons. Like when you when you play a game, a lot of times the dungeons don't really feel threatening. There's something about these from software games. And I mean, Dark Souls does it, but I mean, this game, just because of the visual fidelity, like it is terrifying going through some of these. Uh, locations that they present to you, and it's awesome. So I would say Demon Souls, like if if you're not into the From Software games, probably not going to be for you. But um, I've really had a lot of fun um, playing what I've played so far. It's it's been been pretty great. Um, but it is, I mean, it's it's difficult. I I actually think I'm having an easier time. Had a this go around that if I bought it at launch, I probably would have not liked it at launch at all. And I'm I'm really wondering if this is going to be one of those. Games included on that new um, PSN tiers, you know, they're coming out with kind of their version of Game Pass. I think they said one of the tiers does have um, some free-to-play, select PlayStation 5 games. Being that it's a launch title, I'm sure it's going to be on there. So, like, if, if you're interested in this game, it was on sale. I picked it up, actually, a physical copy. Um, I think 38 bucks at GameStop. It was digital for 38 bucks for a while. Um, but my guess is coming to that service. So if you're thinking about it, that may be the way to go for you. Um, you know, if you don't really want to plunk a bunch of money down, but you're already planning on getting that service, chances are it'll be included on that. If if you ask me, it's kind of probably my opinion on that. Um, 
And finally here, I do want to talk about the playtest book that has been released for the Marvel Multiverse Tabletop RPG. I've had a chance to kind of dig through it. I got my physical copy and uh, actually bought a digital copy as well on Rule 20 um, because I was kind of waiting to see that there's, it's also on another service called Demiplane, like which was going to be the better between the two. Um, Rule 20 did offer because, I mean, Rule 20 is the bigger service between the two. Um, but Demiplane, I guess their big hook is mobile. You can get access to character sheets and all that much easier than mobile because roll 20 you can get it on mobile but it's really built still kind of running the desktop version where demiplane is built for mobile um but i ended up jumping into the roll 20 version of that uh we do plan to run kind of the initial scenario of it um but i just had a conversation here recently before i recorded with matt clark and and i'm kind of teetering on whether or not i want to actually run that um scenario they give us in the book because it is pretty lackluster. I mean, it is a playtest book, so I understand that. But kind of the biggest problem right now with the book, is, or just with the game, let's say, is um, it's very, very number heavy. And I think the term a lot of tabletop players use is crunchy. Like there's, there's some numbers in there. When you're playing as Thor, who's a rank 20, and you're doing damage and you're rolling a 3d6 and adding 39 plus 9 for your might. I mean, you're just decimating some of these heroes. Where when you're Spider-Man, you're rolling a 3d6 and adding 10 and maybe 7. So it's like the, the characters they have built into the game, um, the named characters, the characters we know vary so much. And so you have a rank 10, which think of ranks kind of as levels, um, where Spider-Man's a 10 and Captain Marvel's a 25. It makes sense, right? Because Spider-Man's fighting people robbing the deli and Captain Marvel's fighting people, you know, that are cosmic threats out in space. But when you're trying to run a campaign, you can't really account. I mean, you well, you have to account for that variance, right? Or you know, uh, Spider-Man may be fighting a, an enemy for a little bit where Captain Marvel is literally one-shotting them from a distance. And so it's like the game is it's kind of tough. So I'm I'm really leaning like we're probably going to play around with maybe combat um, through kind of the that initial scenario. But what I'm really looking forward to with this game is creating the homebrew stuff, creating our own characters, maybe our own Avengers and running against our own enemies and maybe only having them be a rank five or rank 10 because the further ranks you go, that's where you're getting more powers and abilities. And I think the lower ranked you are, you're not doing so much damage. You're not taking all that so much into account. And it's just going to make it honestly more fun. Like one of the things that, um, <clears throat> an example here, so compared to Sentinel's comics RPG, if you guys have been listening to our run on there or I'm um, just kind of, I've talked about it here on the podcast. Like let's say Thor. Thor goes to hit a Hydra enemy. And in Sentinels, Thor would say, I'm going to attack that enemy, and he would roll whatever his attack dice is, which is, let's say, a D12, right, because he's Thor, so he's got a pretty high attack. He rolls that D12. He rolls a three, just happens to roll low. The Hydra agent, who's a minion, because, you know, if Thor can do damage, he's going to one-shot him. He's going to kill him. Makes sense. But that Hydra minion's going to roll a D4, which is his attack. He happens to roll a four. As the GM, I could say, hey, that Hydra agent, you know what? Sure, Thor, you called down thunder from the sky and, and you know, threw Mjolnir, whatever you did, whatever you want to say. But the Hydra agent was able to dodge out of the way. You know, even though it didn't hit him, he was able to roll out of the way. Where in Marvel Multiverse, that Hydra agent's defense is, let's say, a 13. 
Thor is rolling his 3d6 for his uh, range damage, but he's also adding 39, and he's also adding 9 for his might. He's just decimating the guy, right? There's no, the guy has no chance. So as a GM, I can't even say the Hydra agent even has a chance to roll out of the way. And built into the game, you can actually hold back a little bit, like the characters can say that so they're not killing the person. But even if Thor says that, like, come on, he's doing a 3D6 plus 39 plus 9, the Hydra agent is dust. Like he's just obliterating the guy into dust. So it's like, it's it's just kind of tough. So that's where I think the homebrew characters where... You know, if they're going to be a rank 10, I'm going to put a rank 10 Hydra agent in there who's going to, or even a rank 8 or 9 that's going to be able to kind of hold his own against these heroes. Like, that's what I would want in this game system. And so far, I, I love that it has a Marvel name on it. I love that they're kind of building around that. Um, I hope that when we start getting the actual modules and the actual game itself to come out, I hope that we, um, you know, get some, some things that are maybe a little bit more balanced. Um, but I think right now the way it kind of stands with the pre-made named heroes that we know and love, it's a little bit crazy, I think is the, <laughs> the right way. But I mean, of course, you could create, you know, if you're going to have Thor rank 20, you're going to have him go up against a rank 20 Loki, right? I mean, that's kind of what you want to do. And of course, this is a play test. We don't have that. Totally understandable. I get it. Um, and so we're going to play around and kind of see how this works. And, and, but that's the whole point of this, right? That's what Marvel wants. They want that feedback. Um, I think my biggest feedback would be exactly the situation that I described in Sentinels, the hydrogen has a chance to dodge out of the way. I like that better, um, in the game because that to me seems like it's a little bit more open to chance. Now he is a minion. He should be killed, but that's why he's rolling a D4 against Thor's D12. So Thor has a much better shot of hitting him. <clears throat> But, you know, that minion, there's still that small chance that he may be able to survive where in Marvel Multiverse, he's dead. There's, there's no chance. Why even roll? Why even play? Why even bother? Right? Thor is just going to blow up every Hydra agent in the building and that's it. So we'll see. You know, we're going to, I actually um, have decided we're not going to record our first session of that um, because I do want to just, with all the rules and there's, there's a lot of rules and powers and kind of all that going in there. We're not going to record that. I think we're just going to kind of play around with it. Um, and then maybe we'll come up with a homebrew or something to run um, and kind of play around with that. So um, just kind of be on the lookout for that um, when that comes out. But all right, well, that's going to do it for me here today, guys. Um, you know, let me know your thoughts. Uh, kind of what we talked about. Did you like the Batman? Did you see that? Um, have you been playing Demon Souls? And are you gonna, going to be picking up the Marvel Multiverse Tabletop RPG? Let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at Marturk, M-A-R-K-T-U-R-C. Or of course, you can always email me at theenthuselife at gmail.com. So have a great weekend, everybody. And until next week, we'll catch you next time.